the king. I want to talk about a different coronation that happened a long time ago, the unintended consequences and the shadow that arose from it. Um, I'll just start with the Gemara. The Gemara in Avedizara and the Chesem Aleph brings the well-known story of the death of Reb Hanina ben Tradin. And the Gemara tells as follows. The Gemara says uh, that on Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma, when Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma got sick, Reb Hanina ben Tradin came to visit him. Now it was well known that Reb Hanina ben Tradin would be mocked with Kehilis Barabim and teach Torah. So Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma, who's lying on his deathbed, looks at Reb Hanina ben Tradin and he tells him, don't you understand that Uma Zeis, meaning the, the, the conquerors, are put here by Hashem and they have power. You see, they were mocked of the Mesamikdash, they put us into Galos. They're in control. Why are you chaperoning with them? Why are you not going along with their rules? And then Hanidim and Tradin tells them, he says, uh, he says, Minashamayim irachamu. From Shemayim will have Rahmanas on me. So Yasim and Kisma answers him back and he says, I'm telling you things that make sense. When you're telling me back, this is not a conversation. Well, what's going on here? So it says they, they, Sir Khanidim and Tradin turns to Yasim and Kisim and he says, So just tell me, it sounds like I'm going to have a horrific death. Meaning he's already accepting the fact that he's going to die in this endeavor of teaching Torah. And he says, So tell me, will I have a chayim koilam haba? So Yasim and Kisim says, Klum Did you ever do something extra special? And he says, yeah, with my own money. I was a guy stuck and the money from one pocket got mixed with the other pocket. I wasn't sure which was which, and I gave the whole thing to Tzaka. So Reisim Kisim tells him, oh, that's an amazing story. Yeah, you have Elam Haba, don't worry. Okay, which is a strange Nakud on its own. We're not going to talk about that. So it says, Reisim Kisim and Tzadim went out. He was sitting, a Sefetari, but the Chekoi, Sefetari in his lap, and he was teaching Torah to, to, to the masses. It says Rabbi ben Kisma ultimately dies, and a huge group of Roman noblemen and, and Goyim from the area go to the Levaya, and on the way back, they pass a shear from Rabbi ben Tradin. And they say, shear? That's not the rules, you're not allowed to have a shear in public. And they, they take him into the prison, and they pass on him that he should die. Now, this is the famous part of the story, where it says that he was, they wrapped him in a Sefer Torah, and they, lit his, they put his, they put, um, soaked, had soaked the water on his on his chest, so Shalai Thomas Meherish, he shouldn't die quickly. And they wrapped him in a Sefatera and they lit him in the Sefatera on fire. So it says the Talmidim come to Rahanidim and Tradin as this is going on, as Talmidim are standing around, and they say as follows. First they say, uh Ma what do you see? You're standing in this in this auspicious moment of being Maitra Nefesh for, for teaching the Torah, what do you see? He says, I see I see that the parchment is getting burnt, but the letters are flying up the Shemayim. Then they tell him, They tell him, open your mouth and let the fire go in. You're sitting here stoically, enduring this painful experience. Open your mouth, the fire will go into your lungs, and you'll die instantly and it will be over. So he tells them back, he says, Better let the one who gave it to me take it from me. Meaning, let the one who gave me my neshama take my neshama from me, and not I should take it for myself. Amalahem, so then, uh, then the, the, the executioner tells him, Rabbi, if I add wood to the fire so that it burns quicker and you'll die quicker, will I have a chelik al And interesting that the theme of having a chelik al keeps coming up in the Skumar, and he tells, him, he tells him, yes, if you add firewood to the fire and I die quicker, You'll have a chilk al So it says, Niyad, the executioner, puts extra firewood into the fire. 
and knowing that he signed his own death warrant by you know, engaging in the subterfuge, by helping with Hanin Ben-Tradin, so to speak, he jumps into the fire too. And they both die instantly. So it says, Yatza Baskel, Baskel comes out and it says, Reb Hanin Ben-Tradin and this executioner, Mizumanum L'chaya L'mava. They both earn L'chaya L'mava. So that's the, the, the well-known story of Hanin Ben-Tradin's death. Now there's one line in the Gemara there that I want to focus on. The Talmidim ask Reb Hanin Ben-Tradin and they tell him, Rabbi, Psach Tukha. Why are you enduring this? There's no reason to endure this excruciating pain of being burnt to death. Open your mouth and just let the fire in and you'll die. And what does he answer them? He says, Let the one who gave it to me take it and don't let me take it myself. Now, on this Gemara, there's a, there's a, a, a ritva. The ritva brings down his follows. He brings down this story. He says, in this Agada that we see with Hanina and Tradin, that he, that he, he says, He didn't want to kill himself. So, Kasab Begulyayne Ataisis. He brings from Begulyayne Ataisis, a Taisis Shanam. He says, Kasab Begulyayne Ataisis. Aymer Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam used to say, The Hei Hashem is Yare. If a person's afraid, Shalayach Rikhu Lavar Adas, that the Gayim shouldn't force him to, to be over on, on, on his Yiddish Das. Muta Lachvul Batzma. He's allowed to kill himself. He's allowed to do himself in so that he shouldn't be forced to, 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 to convert. This is a drasha from the Medrash, because the Parsha in Noyach, where, where the Parsha says, the Pasuk says, The Torah says, Hashem says, Your blood for your nefesh, I'll be mevakish from you. So all, we don't, uh, committing suicide is not a law in the Torah. For a person to kill himself is not a law in the Torah. It's none of the, of the law in the Torah. The, the Chazal Darshan from this Pasuk, that for a Ben Noyach, it's a law to kill himself. From this passage. But from there is where we learn it. So the Mechilta over there that he's quoting, the Ritva is quoting, the Mechilta says, Yachal, even if they're going to force you to be over Adas, Tamalaymar, then it's allowed to. And here's, this is a crazy line that, that he, the Ritva brings from this text of Shalom Zakhtar, Mikan Laimdim. From here we learn, Lishchaitana Arim, Bigzeris, Mipnehavaris Das. To kill the children in a time of Zaira so that they shouldn't be Mavar Das. Now, Aside from the fact that that's a horrific statement, and take a minute to think about that, we can't blame them that you kill the kids so that they shouldn't be over al-das. It's also a very um, big jump. The Ritva brings a mechilta that says that achas dimchol a person's not supposed to kill himself, but if he kills himself so they shouldn't be over al-das, Hashem won't mum that blood from him. Okay, what does that have to do with killing somebody else? Let's say I think you're a weak link. I think if this comes to Shema, you're a very weak link. Can I kill you? It's a tremendous logical jump to go from there to there. But he's quoting a Taisis Yishanam, a Zezek Taisis. Then he brings, he himself is a little bit blown away by the, the outcomes that we're saying from this Mechilta and the Tzushtel to take it to kids. He says it's a, it's a crazy thing. It needs Ian Gadol, you have to think about it. Lemaisa comes from Benatam. Benatam is who it said over in the name of. And I've heard from the G'dayli Tzarfas that this is not just academic. This is not something that uh, they talked about as a drasha from the Chilta. This is something that they were Hayruke and Halakha Lamaisa. So that's the story that I want to talk about. What's this Hayruke and Halakha Lamaisa that he's referring to with the G'dayli Tzarfas? So here's where we get to the coronation. The Tkufas of Aliyatosis is Be'erach from the 1100s to the 1300s. They Be'ikr lived in <coughs> France and Germany. It was a small packet of Baliathesis who moved to England in the, in the early 1100s and lived there until they were expelled in 1290, I think. The whole Tkuf is about 150 years. 
From them we have a sefer called Tesis Chachmei Anglia, which is a collection of the, of the Tesisim that are unique to the Chachmei Anglia. But many of the Balea Tesis who lived in England during this Tkufa are quoted in the regular Tesisim. Meaning if you know the names, you know who's who, where they live, they're quoted extensively. They're from the, they, they went from a group of the Talmidei Rebbein Atam, and from there went a few generations, and they're quoted in Tesis extensively. Now, the story is as follows. In 1189, in the middle of the Third Crusade, as the Third Crusade is raging, King Richard the Lionheart becomes the King of England. He's actually famous from, uh, what's it called? Uh, Robin Hood. The king in Robin Hood who shows up in the forest is King Richard the Lionheart. But he's a real king. He was coronated in 1189. And it was at the a very heated moment of the Crusades when anti-Semitism was rampant. It hadn't reached England, meaning in, 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 in France and Germany there had been terrible pogroms and that's what we have kinnis about, tons of kinnis about them. Those were very well known, but in England it hadn't really hit yet, but King Richard was a crusader. He was actually a Frenchman who became the king of England. He was a crusader who had gone on crusades before. And at his coronation, a rumor went out that the coronation of King Richard, who was a serious crusader, he would appreciate if the island would kill some Jews. This is a rumor that went out. Now, he denied it, and afterwards they tried to prosecute the people who spread the rumor. This is all in, in English, in, in British history, recorded, you know, official British history. He tried to prosecute them, but a rumor went out that King Richard would appreciate if they killed some Jews. So in London, after the coronation, they went out to Jew Street. There's a street there was a street then called Jew Street. I think it still has like a, a mascaras of Jew Street. And they found a couple of houses with Jewish families in them and torched them with the families in them, killed them, took their money. They were wealthy and they had a little, they had a little good time. It was a few families. And then... This Magaifa spread from town to town in England at that time. It went from London to Yorkshire to Lancaster to other towns as it moved along. And finally it got to the city of York. Now, York at that time had a Chashav Yeshiva helmed by Rabbeinu Yamtif of Jwani. He's a Talmud Rabbeinu Tam. Jwani is a small town outside Paris. He had moved with the Talmidim of Rabbeinu Tam. And he, he was the Rosh Yeshiva of this town. He is quoted in Tesis. I, I tried to look it up as a safer about the Balei Tesis. I looked it up. It's between 10 and 20 times that he's quoted in our regular Tesisim, meaning in Tesis all over Shas. So he's a regular bona fide Bala Tesis. He lived there with a small community. It's about 50 families that he lived there with. And came Shabbos Hagadol. The mob reached York and they started, you know, tearing up houses and, and, and harassing Jews in the street. The Jews, terrified, knowing how this goes, you know, having seen how it goes in other towns, ran to the castle in the town. The castle was called Clifford's Tower. It was a wooden castle in the center of the city of York. They ran to Clifford's Tower. Rather, Clifford's Tower still exists today. You could go visit it. It's, it still exists in the city of York. But they, they ran to Clifford's Tower. They convinced the, the guard to open the door and let them in. He lets them in, and it's about 160 Jews that are sheltering in this, uh, in this tower. At some point, the trust breaks down with the guard, and the Jews chase him out of the, out of the, out of the tower also. They kill someone who's trying to get in by throwing rocks over the wall, and the crowd outside is getting more and more heated. At this point, the, the police and the soldiers get involved, because now the Jews already killed someone. They're killed the bad guys, they get involved, and they begin to start breaching the walls of the Tower of York. In the tower, Rabbeinu Yamtif is giving a shmooz to the, to the island there, and he says, listen, we know the, the script of the Crusades. We know how this goes from here. It's either you convert or you die. We know the... And he tells them, this, he tells them exactly what this ritva is talking about. He tells them this mechilta, that if a person is afraid he's going to be forced to convert, he's allowed to kill himself. And he tells them this mechilta 
Mikan, this Rabbeinu Tam, that his Rebbe taught him, Mikan learned him, that you're allowed to be shaykhet to children so that they shouldn't convert. And it's, the, the story is quoted that Rabbeinu Yantif himself started, and he himself killed 60 people that day. And then everybody else killed their family until they killed themselves. And the last person set the building on fire, and they were all dead when the, when the crusaders breached. So this story that the Ritva is referring to, that Shamati Shekain Herukin Halachalamaisa, you can't get more Halachalamaisa than that. I mean, Yavdiv is, a, is a, a, a mass murderer. Right? I mean, how many people do we know that killed 60 people? The Yadayim. It's a, it's a, you know, Bahiras Piv, he did this clearly. So this is the, the, the story that he's talking about. There's actually one of the Kinnis in, in Kinnachav Tas, I think, that we say, it's written by someone called Kleinimus Hakatan. That's, he signed his name in the, you know, like the, how they do it in the Kinnis. His name is Kleinimus Hakatan. Now, there's a lot of Kleinimus in throughout the Tukuvah's version, and we don't know exactly who it is, but in, in great gory detail, he relives tales of people shafting their own families. It's Yitachon Kleinimus Hakatan is referring to the story. It's also possible he's not. Maybe it happened more than once. Rabbi Natham was... You know, it's possible it happened more than once, but this is a, a, the Halachumai story that I was talking about. So now let's talk about the Shiloh that arises from this. So now, if you look, <coughs> the, 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 the Shmuz really starts like this. The, the Pasuk in Shmuel Beis tells the story of, of uh, Shaul HaMelech's death. So it says Hashem was, was uh, upset at Shaul because of, of uh, different uh, misdeeds that Shaul did. And Hashem tells Shaul that you're going to die. Now, Shaul is in the middle of a battle with the Plishtim, and he goes to ask the Urim Vatumim, and he says, should I go to this battle tomorrow? And, and, uh, and the Urim Vatumim won't answer him. Shaul is terribly frightened. He can't get an answer to the Urim Vatumim. Something's wrong. So it says Shaul uses some sort of nichosh uh, to bring Shmuel and Avi up, and he brings Shmuel and Avi, who is long dead up, and he asks Shmuel, well, what's the story with tomorrow's battle? Am I going to make it? Am I going to... Where, 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 where do I stand? And Shmuel tells him, the saddest but good news at the same time, Shmuel tells him, Tomorrow you'll be with me. So meaning, tomorrow you'll be dead. This battle's not going to go the way you think it's going to go, you'll be dead. But you'll be with Shmuel and Avi and Gan Eden. So you're not in terrible shape, but you're not going to survive the battle. So it says, Shaul goes out with his sons, and he's on the face of the battle, and first his sons get killed, and then it says, the archers reached Shaul. Now, I'm picking that out because that's unclear what that means. The archers read Shaul, does that mean they hit him? Shaul was already wounded? Or the archers mean Shaul, he was within range, he was in danger. So it says the archers read Shaul, and Shaul turns to his, his boy who's carrying his weapons, and he says, kill me now, kill me now, because they're going to capture me, and they're going to do terrible things to me. And the boy says, I, I can't, I, how could I be Shaleh God in the Melch Yisrael? I can never do something like that. So Shaul says, so give me my own sword. So it says the boy gives Shaul the sword and Vayakil Shaul throws himself down in the sword and he kills himself. Now that's the version that the Pasuk took him in the end of Shmuel Aleph ends off with. Now in the beginning of Shmuel Beis, the Pasuk talks about David HaMelech becoming aware of the fact that Shaul is dead. And David HaMelech says a heart-wrenching kinah on, on, on Shaul and his son Yainasin. It's a, it's a kinah that became very popular with the IDF because it says Gibayri Yisrael and they do it at every... Like Yaim Zikaran, for soldiers who die, they have a song, they sing the kinna of David HaMelech, but David HaMelech says this kinna, and then it says David HaMelech comes, and he meets Ger Ish Amaleki, who Chazal tells us was really Dayeg Daimi. And he says to Dayeg, Dayeg comes and tells him, Shaul's dead. And David says, how do you know Shaul's dead? Dayeg says, what do you mean? I killed him with my own hand. He says, what? You killed him with your own hand? What are you talking about? He says, yeah, I came upon him, and he was, he was wounded, 
And he said, please kill me. And I took out my sword and I killed him. So David Amel becomes enraged and David Amel turns to Daig and he says, how are you not, how are you so, so, so chutzpedic to, to kill the king and then come and tell me you killed the king? And he tells his, his soldiers just off with his head, goodbye. And he kills Daig for telling him. So now, there's two storylines, two dueling storylines that are being presented in these psukim. The psukim and the Endeshmo Beis sound like Shaul killed himself. It's conclusive. The terrorist, the, the, the Navi says, he fell on his sword and he died. The psukim and Shmuel Beis sound like Shaul may, may have wounded himself, but he didn't actually kill himself. Somebody else killed him. So now, and based on this discrepancy and how to learn the psukim, develops a huge machlek zapaiskim. Is, are we able to learn from Shaul that a person's allowed to kill himself when, uh, when, uh, when he's afraid? There are those who say, no, Shaul just wounded himself. He was wounded in battle. Meaning every part, every diak in the story can be taken in different ways. So now I'll just read from you the, the, the main source about it. It's a das in Parshas Noyach on that that pasuk of Achas Dimchum Nafshisechem. The das brings down that the das I don't even know where it is. Das brings down the story of Shaul and he brings down the psak from Avinutam that Yesh Aimrim that a person is allowed to kill himself and Mikam Lamdu that he could be sheichet the Tinaikis for doing this. He says. Can't bring a riot from the story of Shaul. Shaul was wounded already, and Shaul didn't actually kill himself. Someone else ended up killing him. You can't bring a riot from Shaul, and chas v'shalom to paskin like this. You can't kill yourself, even in a time, and, and kavachaymer, other people, even in a time when you're worried about Shema. Now, if you look, this is not, this whole machlekes is not brought down in Shulchan Aruch, but it is brought down in the Bedek Abayas, the Beis Yosef, in, in Simen Kofnum Zayin, the Simen about Messiris Nefesh, the Gimel Chamuris that we all know, the Yaharag Vayavar and Gilarayz Vedrash Vechazdam and the Bedek Abayas and the Beis Yosef over there brings down Isa Bar Chaschayim, he says, this whole Grace of about if one's allowed to or not allowed to, he, you know, quotes the Ritva, quotes the Daskenim Balayatesis, these two sides of the coin, and then the Bedek Abayas weighs in in a, in a very interesting way. He says nearly that it's not acceptable. You can't do this. We don't pass in Lamaisa that you could do this, that you could kill yourself or others to prevent them from falling Lashmad. And he tells over a terrible tale. He says there was once a story, he's quoting from an Archis Chaim, he tells over a story, he says, there was once a story of, similar to York, people were captured in a tower, and there was two Rabbanim there, there wasn't only one uh, Rosh Hashiva there. And one Rosh Hashiva said, Chayir, we should pass him like uh, Rabbeinu Yomtif, and it's time to kill the kids. And the other Rosh Hashiva said, Chas v'shalom, to kill the kids, how could he do something like that? And the one who held it was Asr, saw that he wasn't going to be able to stop the one who held it was Mutter from doing it. He was Kulkulay, wrapped up in this moment of mysterious Nefesh and he wasn't going to be able to stop him. So he tells him, Im kidvarai, if I'm right that killing children is unacceptable and killing yourself is unacceptable at a time of, of Shvad, then you should, you, the killer, the one who's passing to kill them, should die a Misa Mishon of You should die a special, special death. And he says, he tells the story, he says, so Rosh Hashiva B, who felt that they should be killing themselves, began to kill some kids. He killed the whole group of kids, and then suddenly the issue was resolved and the Jews were let out of the tower. And he says, and if not that he killed Jews, no one would have had to die on that day. And then he says, the next thing that happened is this Rosh Hashiva was brought on fraudulent charges in front of the government, and they filleted him alive and added the salt and sand to his wounds as they filleted him to kill him. Uh, a gruesome Misa Mishuna that you have to be creative to think of. So. What, what the Beis Yosef is implying is, is that risk paskening like this at the peril of your own life. Meaning, Beis Yosef is bringing like, uh, what can I show you better than a story 
of a machlekes about it, where one of them said, if I'm right, you should pay the ultimate price, and the other guy paid the ultimate price. So the Beis Yosef is very heavy-handedly being machriya, not like this ritva, not like this Rabbeinu Yamtev of York. So now, here's where the Shaila comes. Let's say somebody, Halila, found themselves in such a situation, and he killed children. Does he need to do tshuva for that? This is a machlekes in the G'dayli Rishaynim. If it's advisable to do, or it's asr to do, how do you look at it? Is it something you Are you a murderer? Or are you a tzaddik? Were you makrov karbanis l'shem shemayim? Basically, this is the Isha Yisrael. Were you makrov karbanis l'shem shemayim? Or are you a murderer? And this Shaila came to the Merami Rotenberg. And uh, he has his followers. Merami Rotenberg in Tshuva Nun Tes. He says, Yehudi Yechad Sholos Meram Sheyechya. Mtsarach Kapara al Shashachat Ishle Vidalit Banov. V'yayim Hereg Rav B'Koplingsh Ir Hadamim. A Jew came to Rami Rundberg, he said, I killed my wife and four children, do I need to do tshuva? So quite, quite a question. Came to Rami Rundberg, I killed my wife and four kids, and in such a situation, they need to do tshuva. So Rami Rundberg goes through the sugi a little bit of shol, and the rice, back and forth. Then he says as follows. He says, The heter to do this has spread, meaning in the Amoinam, People feel that this is a great commitment to Messiah Snafish to do this. This is not something that, that, that's, you know, silly. We heard many stories of Grace Gedolim, i.e., Rabbeinu Yamtif, Kleinim Sakatan, and there's more of Shayushaykhtan already. He says, Rabbeinu Kleinim talks openly about this in the Kinna Shumani. He says, he continues to try to bring a raya, and then he says as follows. He says, and if you're going to tell him that you have to do a whole kapara, who mighty laz ala chasidim arishaynim, you're being mighty laz on the great chasidim before us who engaged in such behavior, you're ke'ilu implying that they were murderers, that they did something grossly inappropriate. Since your kavana was, was good, me'roiv ahavas yitzreinu al-yizbarach, <clears throat> and it comes from a great love that you had, Takadish Baruch Hu. Loi dami lehudu parakachayvul, he says, and uh, he doesn't. The in lahachmor love klal. He shouldn't do tshuva at all. He says, but sur Yisrael and Takadish Baruch Hu yinkam es nikmaseinu, nikmas terasa, nikmas tam avada vashafal meher biyemenu, biyere einenu yismach libenu. That's where he ends off. He says, listen, to say to do it, I can't tell you to do it. The psak is not to do it. I can't tell you to do it. But if you did it, meroi ava Takadish Baruch Hu. If I'm going to tell you to do tshuva that at the mighty laws, I'll call chesidim rishonim, and you did it from a place of great love and mesirus nefesh, and and you have nothing to do tshuva. Now, I was thinking about it. I almost don't have something. There's almost nothing comparable to, to compare it to. Is there anything else that you could think of that to do it is an avera berama chigavoa because it's murder. There's almost nothing worse than murder, right? It's a thing. But if you did it, it's mamish like you did it. It's a heligazach. I almost can't think of something that. That you like the extremes on the the, the 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 extremes of it are so are, are are so you know widely separated. Now, this is about murder be a dayim. okay? And this is a case of permitted murder be a dayim where a person doesn't have to chuvah. Now, if a person does murder be a dayim in a case where he's not supposed to, I refer you to the Rikeach, obviously, who says you have to go to Gulls for three years, can't sleep in the same bed two nights in a row, you have to fast every Monday and Thursday, maybe forever, and there's more things. So I, I refer you to Rikeach. Now, the more common child in the place that comes up is accidents. 
Meaning, let's say a person, Khalila, kills someone by accident, a car accident, or some other way. The shilas that the Pais can talk about, interestingly, a lot of them are about uh, old guns, like in the 15 and 1600s, a one-shot gun where you had to load it in from the front, and they were easy They were easy to get clogged, and they wouldn't work well, and you never knew if your gun was working well. So it was common that someone who had guard duty would paint an X on a tree, you know, several paces away from him, and periodically over your guard duty, you'd shoot a shot just to make sure that it was working. Marshal, there's a case in the in the in the Chuvas Meram Lublin. He brings down that there was a, a what do you call it? He calls it a lazaritum. It's a hospital basically for people with infectious diseases. Basically, by a magefa, they'd send like Corona. They send everyone to an infectious disease hospital, lock the door. They don't want anyone coming out. So, but they were situated outside of the city, you know, several paces away from the city, and it was dangerous. People could come and steal their stuff. So they would take shifts being a guard. Every person who was in quarantine would take a turn being a guard. And he says, the minute was at the beginning of your shift, when the guy would hand off the musket to you, you would load up a shot, and there was an X on the tree, you shoot a shot, you know the gun's working, you do your shift. Six hours later, the next guy comes, shot, fight the guy. Hey, his child is, someone was shooting off a shot, and a kid passed by the tree, and he blew his head off. Because he needed to chuva, you didn't, you didn't expect him to be there. So now, and they all have very similar ones. The Ramaz Chuva, which is the one I want to focus on, the Ramaz Chuva is about a wagon driver who was, who, uh, a guy who was you know, taking his goods to market, and he had an assistant who was riding the horses in front to control them, and he was sitting back in the coach, and he had a musket, and he just wanted to you know, shoot a shadow off at the sky just for fun. He was bored, and the, 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 the Ramaz says, Ba Hasatan, like Betaych the Bix, Betaych the gun, and he guided the shot in the wrong direction, and Nebuchadnezzar hit the kid who was sitting on the horse in front of him and he killed him. And this person comes to the Ramah and he wants to know, must he be tshuva for that, for this story or not? So now, Ba'atzim, there's like, I don't know, there's like there 20, 30 tshuvas like this, very, very similar ones in all the Paiskim. And each one, they're all variations of, of similar Sidriya tshuva, someone who does something like this. I just want to focus on the Ramah and try to highlight, I think, the, the Nakuda of how the Paiskim looked at these, at these uh, Ritzichas Bashegi. Ramah starts off, he brings down drushes from the Gemara and Makis that say clearly that if someone does something ba'inus, he's patr. Ritzicha ba'inus, he's patr. Lanayr we all know, Ritzicha, any Averi ba'inus, but even Ritzicha ba'inus, he's patr, he didn't do anything wrong. Then Dr. Ramah, he brings the story of the guy traveling on the car with the kid on the horse that I just said over, and he says, it would be nireh, that that's him, this guy's an ba'inus. He didn't uh, mean to kill anybody, and he should be patr from doing any tshuva. But says the Ramah, Me'acha that it was in this galgal liyadai, such a shreklecha situation, you found yourself in such a shreklecha situation, it doesn't make sense that I should be paid to you below club. You just go without anything. So he says, you should do something, he says, from now till Elul, and he doesn't, the truth is not dated, so we don't know how many months that is, but I'm assuming it's somewhere in the tkuf of Elul. From now till Elul, he says, you should fast every Monday and Thursday. If you can't afford it, you can be paid to them with, with money instead. And... Uh, Every day on the yard side of this kid that you killed, you should make a yen mascaras to do tshuva and remember it. He says, you know, some minor sidriya uh, tshuva that the Ramah, Ramah gives him. Now, I saw there's a tshuva from Rabbi Yashiv, actually. Somebody asked Rabbi Yashiv, a stira. It says, the Ramah and Arachayim in Shabbos brings down that if a person is over on Chil Shabbos, in Shin Lamadal, the Ramah says, if a person is over on Chil Shabbos, he has to fast 40 days, Monday and Thursday, and if he can't fast, then he should pay it off, and the Ramah gives a prescription of how much money each tainus is worth and how to pay it off. As I said, Now, the Paiskim over there say, and the Mishwur brings this down from Achai Adam and others, that the Ramah is talking about over Chil Shabbos Peshegeg. The person who's over Chil Shabbos Peshegeg, 
then he has to do the Seder Tshuva. So someone has to Ryashiv, and it's, it's a Shvachas theory, but someone has to Ryashiv that the Ramah in Tshuva says that anytime you do something Ba'inis, the Rekeach wasn't talking about you, Bukhla. He said the Ramah says this words like, the Rekeach was talking about someone who does something Bimerit or Bimezid. You do something like with, with blackness of your heart, but not just you do something by accident. That's not who the Rekeach was talking about. He says, and then the Ramah turns around the Shokhan Aruch and Nochah Shabbos and says that if you did something B'Shoge, you have to do Tshuva. That's a, it's a weak theory because the Ramah and the Tshuva itself continues and says, Tshuva B'Shoge, but, but someone has to be asked this. Now, Machmas Tizkasher, which is Alman Grada, who was asked the same Shailah, says that the Ramah and Nochah Shabbos is talking about if you did Chil Shabbos B'Mezid. He learns the Ramah differently. But the Pasha says, the Rebbe Pais can learn, Ramah's talking about B'Shoge, and this is the Kasher that was presented. So now, I just, uh, I came across something I want to share, and I think it's, uh, it explains the Ramah beautifully. There's a Avi Ezri that I saw this week from Rav Shach, where he has a Shaila as follows. The Rambam says that the way to do, to say Vidoy is, Chatasi Avisi Pashati. person has to say three Lashaynas of Vidoy, which we say in all our Vidoyim, right? We say Chatasi Avisi Pashati. So, now, the, the source for Chatasi Avisi Pashati is a Gemara in Yuma, where the Gemara explains Chatasi means Shaygik, that's a Chatas. Avisi means Mezid, you just Mezid, and Pashati means Mered. Like, more, worse than Mezid. You know Hashem doesn't want you to do it, and you're like, nah, I'm going to do it anyway. I want to do it. That's worse than thing. And Mimel, the Nusra is representative of these three, Chatasi, Avisi, Pshat, the Gemara Numa brings Raias, that this is the way to say it. So, Klerat of Shach as follows. Let's say a person is a big, big tzaddik, and he knows he did one Averi B'Shegi. He has no Mezids, he has no merits, he's a great guy. He did one Averi B'Shegi, and he wants to do, do video in it. Does he need to say, Chatasi, Avisi, Pshat, which expresses Mezid and Mered too? Or does he just say Chatasi? I didn't have Erev B'Shegeg and now I'm done. That's our Shach's question. He brings Menchaz Chinuch, where the Menchaz Chinuch says for a Pashas that if a person has this uh, great accounting of himself and he knows that he only did one Averev and it's a Shegeg, he just says Chatasi. Where Shach brings from a Goyim, a very interesting thing. He says the Goyim talks about the Pasuk. It says the, the, the Pasuk, oh, back in Shmuel, the Pasuk talks about after Davra Melach did the story of Batsheva, that if you look at the Messiah, the like the trucks in the in the Navi, after the Khatasi there's a psik. There's a line that says like an ending. Zaktagain, Nasim Navi came to David and he said, You did a Shrek Mukhaveri, you have to do chuva. David Melach starts saying Nasakhavidi and he says, Khatasi. And then he wants to continue to say Avisi Pashati. And Nasim Navi holds up and he says, No, no, stop, stop. 